Hello, today is Monday, November 27th, 2023, and welcome back from what was hopefully a relaxing Thanksgiving holiday. Um, thank you for joining us for episode 279 of Fault Lines, the National Security Institute's podcast that gets you quickly up to speed three times a week on the national security and foreign policy debates shaking up America. I'm NSI's Deputy Executive Director, Jessica Jones, and today I'm joined by NSI's Founder and Executive Director, Jamil Jaffer, and NSI's hey. <laughs> Senior Fellow, Les Munson, who Hello. just, I feel like we should the audience has a slightly different background, so please go on YouTube and see what you know, pick out what's different for less. Um, so today we're talking about a story that broke before Thanksgiving, which I know for most people is like land before time. Um, so stick with me. Uh, last week on November 19th, uh, Argentina elected Javier Millet, uh, arguably less far right, self described uh, anarcho capitalist as president. He uh, seemingly shocked a lot of the country when he topped Argentina's two main political forces in primary elections in August. He then defeated a left-wing establishment candidate in the presidential runoff election in November. Um, according to results, he won about 55% of the vote, with a lot of support coming from young voters and young men in particular. Um, so to understand a little bit more about why the madman, which is his nickname, uh, who also carried around a chainsaw during the election during rallies, was able to claim victory, you know, you can kind of look at just what's going on in Argentina. Annual inflation hit 138% in September, one of the world's highest rates. Just over 40% of Argentines currently live in poverty, uh, which is up from 25% in 2017. So both numbers are astronomically high. Uh, the central bank is almost out of reserves. They owe the IMF a ton of money. There's a huge risk of currency devaluation and another default. Um, while the whole country is hurting economically, young people in particular face really high rates of unemployment. Malay himself became a popular figure during COVID. He joined anti-lockdown protests, which were often organized by young people. He made a bunch of TV appearances. He kind of really came out um, and became well-known then. So what did he campaign on and what might we see? His you know, stated priorities are to shrink the state of the government, kind of rein in public spending. He wants to combat inflation by abolishing the central bank, potentially dollarizing uh, the economy. So potentially some big waves that might hit um, Argentina, which is a member, if you don't know, of the G20. The United States is Argentina's third largest trading partner. And it's a huge economy in Latin America. So first up, uh, you know, his party is almost a one-man party. He doesn't have a lot of um, party support within the legislature. He doesn't have any provincial governors. So with all these, you know, huge proposals, I mean, can he really achieve any of this? Does he have the support to get things done? Jamil? What do you think? Well, you know, I think that's one of the challenges. Uh, Jess, you point out that, you know, he only has 40 seats out of the 257 uh, seats in the lower house, seven seats out of the 72 in the upper house of the Argentine uh, parliament. That's going to make it very hard for him to get uh, any of his agenda done. That being said, as the chief executive, he does have some authority. Um, he's talked about getting rid of various cabinet departments. Um, this talk about dollarizing the economy. We'll see if that actually happens. Um, but dollarizing the economy is not a terribly bad idea. Um, it's true that Carl's Menem faced some challenges when he did it uh, back a while a, a while back. But I think there is a benefit to bringing down this crazy inflation uh, that Argentina is facing over over 130 percent inflation. They owe 31 billion dollars to the IMF. Uh, they need to resolve their economic situation. That's the most important thing. And in a lot of ways, I think Malay has the right idea when it comes to getting uh, the Argentine economy right. He may have populist tendencies. Those folks tend to uh, not actually engage in the actual uh, sort of, you know, economically conservative reforms that they claim to uh, do when they get in office because they want the attention, they want the popular support, um, and they tend to spend money, not cut money. So we'll see if he's actually able to pull it off, particularly with the challenges he faces in the legislature. 
Um, but I think, you know, net net on the economics, he's got the right approach for Argentina. And for those who know, he's an economist, right? So it's not just him speaking about the economy. That that's that is his background. Okay, Les, what do you think? I'm not even going to try, you know, point out the comparisons to Trump or Bolsonaro because I know you will just shoot those down. So, like, what do you think about his election? I think it's fantastic. This guy's terrific. Uh, you know, <laughs> America is America. <laughs> he, he's got great hair. He can imitate uh, Mick Jagger. Uh, America is incredibly lucky. There's been this wave of socialists winning in Latin America, which is, let's be clear, bad for the United States. Uh, a lot of these countries are embracing China and are going to be wasting our time over the next few years with, uh, you know, ridiculous policies, bad, e- bad economics uh, and things like that. This guy is pro-America. He's pro-Ukraine. Uh, he's he is not a populist in the same way Trump is at all. And it is ridiculous for our journalists and our uh, so, so-called foreign policy analysts to be comparing him to Donald Trump. Yes, there are some similarities. He also has some similarities to Joe Biden. So I think we need to see Argentina for what it is. This is the best possible outcome we could have gotten. He's, he's in favor of the United States. He's going to line up with us on any number of issues. We should do everything we can to help him succeed. I don't know if his economic plans are going to work or not. Neither does he. Argentina has been snake bit on the economy for decades, but we should do anything reasonable that we can to help him succeed to show other countries in the world that if you embrace the United States, we are going to be there for you and help you get past the finish line. So wonderful opportunity for us. I hope Joe Biden seizes it, doesn't get caught up in this ridiculous comparison of Malay to Trump and uses this as an opportunity to advance U.S. values and interests. Okay, but speaking about China, so China is Argentina's third, uh, second largest trading partner, um, with Brazil being the first. Uh, Argentina is part of Belt and Road. China's invested billions of dollars. So while on the campaign train, Malay, you know, criticized China, kind of pulled away, even called, you know, made a question during an interview of, you know, what would you trade with an assassin? He's now pulling back, right? He's saying private sector go crazy if you want to continue to work with, China, you know, um, China. That's fantastic. He's instead of breaking off diplomatic relations, it's downgrading. He is withdrawing, you know, allegedly the BRICS application. But I mean, how much can Argentina actually back off from its relationship with China, considering all of these economic problems that we've just talked about? I I think it would be a bad idea for him to totally cut off China, to be clear, both diplomatically and economically. What do you what Argentina should do? And what I think Malay has very strongly indicated he's going to do is align with the United States on diplomatic issues. He's in favor of Ukraine defeating Russia. You know, that's a that's a critical question. Uh, and, and a real indicator that he's going to actually have a very sensible foreign policy. And, and this idea of rejecting the BRICS application is terrific. That's a, a total distraction and, a, and a, again, something that will waste our time and waste a lot of resources pursuing a phantasmal economic approach that will never work. He wants to embrace the United States, free markets, liberty, all of the wonderful things that we have in this country. He likes them. Let's embrace him. Jim, what do you, Jamil, what do you think? How can we embrace? I mean, less, you know, I'm sure has ideas about what Biden can do to strengthen our relationship with Argentina. What, what do you think we can do? How do we show up for, for him? Well, look, I think it makes a lot of sense for the U.S. to get behind uh, a leader who's going to try to get Argentina's economics under control um, and bring them squarely into the U.S. camp. If, in fact, that turns out to be true, uh, then he could be a net win for the United States. And so we should support him and just see how this thing plays out. There's no... There seems to be little downside to backing the guy who won the election um, now that he's in office. So why not? Why not give them aid support? Uh, you know, Argentina is a U.S. ally um, or at least a U.S. partner. Um, and there's no reason why we shouldn't be supportive um, when they're in a place of, of, of aligning with the United States. Now, 
They have these challenges with China. They're going to push back. That's a good thing for Argentina. And it's a good thing for the United States. So why not? Why not take advantage of that? That's a wrap. Thanks so much to Devlin Bernie, Claude Jennings, uh, and the entire NSI team for their help in producing today's episode. Join us again on Wednesday, November 29th for another episode of Fault Lines, NSI's podcast that gets you smart fast on the national security and foreign policy debates shaking up America. We're now on YouTube, so check us out there. And if you like what you heard or saw, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe. 